Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Thursday, April the 27th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And we start today with news. A mum who killed her toddler twins is set to walk free five years after being convicted and having not served a single day in prison. Samantha Ford admitted drowning 23-month-olds Jake and Chloe at her home in Margate on Boxing Day in 2018. Well, Kate joins me now with more on this story. And Kate, what was her sentence at the time? Well, the 41-year-old was jailed for 10 years in 2019 after admitting two counts of manslaughter by diminished responsibility. The trial was told how it happened after her marriage had broken down and she had also attempted to take her own life. At the time, the crime was described as a twisted act of vengeance. And what have we learnt today? Well, her husband Steve, who's still trying to divorce her, has tweeted that she's due to be released in December after spending five years in a psychiatric hospital. He's posted, HM Prison and Probation Services have confirmed that on 26 of December 2023, this child killer will be released without serving a single day in prison. On the fifth anniversary of their murders, she'll be released. I still can't get my divorce from this evil woman because she holds all the cards. And he's previously spoken to Kent Online, hasn't he? Yes, he wasn't happy. A guilty plea to manslaughter by diminished responsibility was accepted and felt she got away with murder. At the time, he was planning to call for a change in the law. He went on to say he struggles to comprehend what Ford did to his children and every day is haunted thinking about the moments before they died. Kate, thank you ever so much. Kent Online News. We've got an update now on one of the stories from yesterday's podcast and a man has been arrested following the discovery of a suspicious package outside a pizza hut in Dartford. The Prospect Place Retail Park was evacuated and a specialist team from the army called in but they determined it posed no danger to the public. A 29-year-old was held on suspicion of a public order offence and has now been bailed. A woman has been assaulted as she walked along the River Medway. The victim had been heading from the Broadway and was close to the Millennium Bridge in Maidstone when she was attacked by a man on Saturday night. We're told she wasn't injured and the suspect ran off. Police investigating claims cannabis was being imported to Kent from the US have charged two men. Officers were contacted by Border Force last year after packages of the drug were found hidden in parcels heading to an address in Medway from California. A 29-year-old from Whitstable and a 31-year-old from Sevenoaks have been remanded in custody and are due in court next month. A rain and woman's appeared in court accused of stealing more than £100,000 from companies she worked for. Megan Reynolds denies taking the cash from two firms and stealing money from several people to invest in cryptocurrency. The 26-year-old from Fruitfields Drive is due back in court next month. Now, MPs have voted to back a new bill designed to restrict people who arrive in Kent after crossing the channel in small boats from claiming asylum. The eyes to the right, 289. The nose to the left, 230. The illegal migration bill cleared its final stages in the House of Commons last night and progresses to the next stage in the House of Lords. Among the measures is the ability to fast-track the removal of people arriving in the UK illegally. Well, During the debate, Dover MP Natalie Elphick told Parliament just how determined some asylum seekers are to reach the UK. Clause 4, to which Amendment 184 relates, sets out the circumstances when human rights and other protection cases can be excluded. Put simply, if a person arrives through the small boats route, they will not be allowed to try to stop their removal through endless legal appeals paid for by the British taxpayer. 
Amendment 184 specifically focuses on those who would put our public safety or national security at risk. This is in line with the UN Refugee Convention and the uh, European Convention on Human Rights. That has always allowed countries to protect themselves from those who would cause the most serious risk of harm to them and to their countrymen and women. So Amendment 184 would apply whether or not the country of origin can be identified. For example, if someone is undocumented, perhaps because they have eaten their identity papers or thrown their passport in the channel, or as border officials tell me has shockingly been the case, has taken razor blades to their fingers to damage and destroy their own fingerprints to avoid identification. At the front line of my constituency in Dover and Deal, this is not a matter of open borders fervour or pro-migration ideological dogma, as some contributions today suggest. It is a matter which directly affects my constituency and our country's safety, security and peace of mind. Elsewhere, the Duchess of Edinburgh has been in Kent to see the work being done by an asylum charity. Sophie visited staff and those being supported by Kent Refugee Action Network. She unveiled a plaque at their headquarters in Canterbury to mark the organisation's 20th anniversary. Kent Online reports. Some teachers in Kent are back out on strike today, the first one as GCSE and A-level exams get underway. Union members are walking out today and next Tuesday in a dispute over pay. It follows action that also happened in February and March. Well, I've been speaking to John Still, who's a secondary school teacher in Medway. I think the, the biggest thing is that the deal we were offered by the government, the number one thing that we set out was we wanted it to be fully funded. We don't want pay rise. We don't want any kind of teacher pay to come out of a student's student budgets, budgets that are set aside, resources for our students, resources that are going to help them progress. That's not what we're after. Surely nobody could want that. So the situation as it stands, if you did get your pay offer that the government has had offered you, an awful lot of that would be paid out of those budgets. What sort of impact would that have then on, on the resources you're able to provide for students? Well, I mean, I mean, in basic terms, it, it on the face of it, it looks like sort of less books, um, less kind of IT equipment. But it's more than that, isn't it? Because we're talking about um, staff staff issues as well if schools don't have budgets to take on staff we continue with the situation of non-subject specialists not just because they're not there because of the recruitment crisis because of people leaving the profession people not coming into the profession but also it's actually impossible to find the money to employ anyone that's going to have a massive impact on everyone now, this is the first strike to happen during a really important time for an awful lot of students who've started their GCSEs and A-levels. What provisions are you making from them during this period of strike action? I think the NEU have made it clear that if teachers want to go in and teach Year 11, 13, they're able to and continue with other strike action. I think what we really need to continue to focus on is the long-term effects of this so the year 11s of tomorrow are currently in year four five six seven they are the ones that are going to get 
the poorest of deals. They are the ones that are going to be taught by non-subject specialists. They are going to be in the larger classes. We need to think about when they arrive at year 11, what state is education going to be in then? And if we don't act now, and if we, if we continue to be ignored now, then things are going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. Rallies have taken place at the bandstand in Walmer and in Maidstone's Brenchley Gardens. Arrangements, as you heard, have been made in schools for Year 11 and 13 students to attend lessons or revision sessions. Well, the Department for Education say the action is hugely damaging and insists they've made a fair and reasonable pay offer. Let's hear now from Gillian Keegan, who's the Education Secretary. The offer, just for your listeners, was £1,000 on top of a 5.4% uh, pay rise, which was recommended by the independent pay review body, up to 8.9% for, for new teachers. So we offered £1,000 on top for that. And then uh, for this 23-24, uh, we offered 4.5%. And that was for a period when inflation is predicted to be below 2%. So it was a, a, a above inflation pay rise. And crucially, and most importantly, and I think this is probably one of the reasons that it was rejected, it was fully funded and I think there's been some misunderstanding about that uh, and actually we've got uh, more communications uh, ongoing from the department to make sure everybody understands that it was fully funded. There are some students obviously who are facing uh, public exams soon. They've obviously had a pretty tough time with the teacher strikes. Should they get any sort of flexibility or what's being done to help support them? Well first of all it's incredibly difficult disappointing that the unions are going on strikes. Strikes do, do not add any value, they only cause damage and particularly to those young people that you were talking about. Um, but obviously what we're doing is urging the schools to make sure that they keep the schools open for vulnerable children, for those uh, children of key workers and most importantly for exam cohorts. So we've asked for those children to be prioritised in school. Kent Online reports. A little boy from Medway has passed away just days after his final wish to be visited by Disney, DC Comics and Marvel superheroes was granted. Volunteers dressed as Spider-Man, the Hulk and Power Rangers and went to see Freddie Leach at his home in Gillingham. The eight-year-old was born with a rare genetic disease which meant he was prone to infections. His family say he's going to leave a massive hole in their hearts. A Medway family is warning others to be vigilant after their dog was killed by rat poison. Chris Van Haften was walking Bruce through the woods around Hoth Lane in Raynham last week. The next day, he started struggling to walk and eventually had to be put down. The cause of Bruce's death remained a mystery until Chris spotted five piles of rat poison along the path. Medway Council say their rangers have visited the site but found nothing suspicious. There's been some criticism today of a decision to allow council workers in part of Kent to leave early on Fridays. Swale Council say it's moving to a new 34-hour week and will close its HQ on East Street in Sittingbourne on Friday afternoons. Bosses say it's the quietest part of the week and won't affect key services like bin collections. Others say flexible working should be voluntary, though, and believe taxpayers aren't getting value for money. This is one of our most read stories on the website today. Little Bosses have confirmed they're closing a store in Canterbury next month, leading to fears it'll affect low-income families. The shop has been on Sturry Road in the city for almost 20 years. Managers say the building is no longer fit for purpose. They've also told us they plan to redeploy their staff where possible. Now, the boss of a Maidstone marketing agency is urging more companies to become an endometriosis-friendly employer. 
Reflect Digital has signed up to the scheme to support those suffering from the condition, which can cause chronic pelvic pain, fatigue and fertility issues. Chief Exec Becky Sims has it herself and has been speaking to reporter Kate Faulkner. I've had my own lived experience and still living experience and uh, a number of other people in the team as well. And I just believe it's something that so many people don't have enough of an understanding about, along with a number of other probably women's health issues. And I'm sure men's health issues as well but it just because there's that personal experience it felt like we should put this on the map for us um and the scheme is amazing they they help us set up some champions in the office um and remotely and help us uh, make sure that they understand enough about it and therefore can talk about it we're really lucky in our team we've got a number of people that wanted to do that including we've got um a gentleman in our team who's had family experience of it as well which is great because it shouldn't just be women that feel comfortable to talk about this and yeah it's just there to help put it on the map make sure that people feel comfortable in the office to be able to talk about something like endometriosis and the many other conditions similar to that or even things like the menopause and just make it something that shouldn't be feared around a boardroom table and you touched there on your own personal experiences from what's happened to you in your life, can you give me a, just a snapshot really of how that's impacted your, your working career, what it's been like to, to be in an office environment with the condition? So for me with endometriosis, it took it took a number of years to be diagnosed and to know that that, and actually the only way you ever get a real true diagnosis is actually having the laparoscopic surgery. So you kind of go a number of years thinking you might have it and not 100% sure. And, and I've since had the surgery, so had it confirmed. But it really, for me and everyone's, suffers very differently but for me it really affects me around around my menstrual cycle and around my period and I can have a couple of days where I can't really come to work I need to be at home I need to be um in close access to the bathroom that type of thing and and so therefore like I had it recently we had a really big pitch opportunity that we'd spent weeks if not a month working on as a team and my time of the month arrived and I had to pull out and I couldn't go which the team smashed it they won the work anyway they didn't need me so that's great but it was so disappointing for me and actually if I put myself into another company and being maybe a young member of the team that that might have happened to you might think I'm might not get a chance to do another pitch they might think I'm unreliable so there's all these other things that then go on in in your head and obviously I'm very lucky to be in the position I'm in but therefore I want to empower others around me to know that it doesn't matter it's one of those things like you've got to look after your own health and if you can't come you can't come um, but that won't affect your future chances. And how does the scheme help to empower the employees? The scheme helps because it, they empower us to know more about the conditions so whether you're someone with a lived experience or not so they have um, lots of webinars lots of resources is they've sent us a book uh, but then they also have got our champions which they're really helping to make it something that they feel comfortable to talk to others about and I think it's just one of those things isn't it I hope that anyone that was ever thinking about wanting to come to work for our company that by just seeing that we're a friendly employer about endometriosis it's kind of also a door opener that we're a friendly employer about anything it doesn't like you come to work and be you and and we'll help um we'll help along that journey because no one needs to hide and I, and I think that is the problem so many women for so many years hide things like this because they don't know how to approach it they're worried it'll affect their chances of 
going up the career ladder. They're worried that it's an awkward topic to talk about and it shouldn't be. So that's that's what the scheme's aiming to do is break down the stigma and uh, and help empower people to feel comfortable to talk about it. Other companies, including HSBC, Snapchat and Johnson & Johnson, are also part of the initiative. We do thank Becky ever so much for sharing her story. Kent Online News. Plans to build a care village near Maidstone have been rejected over fears the added patients would overwhelm local GPs. Council voted against the 87-bed home and 12 assisted living apartments in Sutton Valence. Two local doctors wrote submissions saying their services are already oversubscribed with patients and the development would push them over the edge. You can follow Kent Online on socials today to see pictures of weevils found in a tin of beans by a family near Sandwich. They'd already started eating dinner when they noticed the tiny creatures, which had come from the tins with a use-by date of November next year. The beans had been bought from little bosses have apologised and say they're carrying out a full investigation. There are plans to turn a double-decker bus into a well-being centre for children at a school near Gravesend. Staff at Shears Green Juniors in Norfleet have noticed a growing number of pupils struggling with anger management, anxiety and other mental health problems since Covid, while well, headteacher Matt Patterson says the bus could make a huge difference. We were really lucky to inherit this bus from Arriva. Um, it's an end-of-service bus and I would like to turn this into our wellbeing hub. We're very fortunate in school to have a rainbow room with three learning mentors who provide a range of various uh, therapies and interventions to um, improve the wellbeing of our children, but they haven't got enough space. It's a box room and we need this space to be able to have a sensory room, to be able to offer yoga, um, Lego therapy, anger management, um, a whole range of mentoring um, and thrive therapies to support the well-being of our children. Children need to have their well-being in place before they can learn. They need to have those Jenga blocks filled so they can get on and become what I want every child to achieve, to become the very best version of themselves. I need everybody's help. I, I want to be like Challenge Annika. And I would like to plead to anybody who can help us by putting a new flooring in, by having air conditioning, by having furniture, creating a wall for the multi-sensory room. Anything people can do, I, I need all hands on deck um, to plead to people, please, could you come and join this community project to get this up and running so I can have my children um, having all of their needs met. Kent Online reports. A bar and restaurant in Chatham High Street has had its opening hours cut after repeatedly breaching noise complaints. Lounge 44 was the subject of a review by Medway Council after people complained of loud bassy music being played by a DJ. The venue will be taken over by new operators this weekend and its licence will be restricted to between 11 in the morning and 11.30pm every day. Elsewhere, work has started on a new cafe, bar and music venue in Dover, which bosses hope will attract headline acts. A former estate agents in Market Square is being transformed into the Art Club. Three DJs are behind the project and hope to have it open by this summer. Tickets for this year's Pride in Margate go on sale today. Bewitched, Claire from Steps and Duncan from Blue will be among those performing on the scenic stage at Dreamland. It's happening on August the 12th and will be hosted by RuPaul's Drag Race UK star River Medway. Meantime, Natalie Imbruglia is 
is going to be Will Young's special guest when he performs in Margate this summer. He's also at Dreamland in June as part of their summer series. The Aussie star's iconic track, Torn, has been the most played song on Australian radio. Kent Online Sports. Cricket first and Kent have travelled to Middlesex for their latest game in the county championship. It follows a rain-affected draw against Essex at Canterbury in their most recent fixture. And in football, Gillingham have announced they'll be paying tribute to their former owner ahead of Saturday's final home game of the season. Tony Smith passed away last week at the age of 79. A minute's applause is due to be held ahead of kick-off against Newport County of Priestfield. Mr Smith leaves behind wife Val and daughters Rachel and Natalie. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. And whilst you're on the site today, you can read our latest Eat My Words food review. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.